Writing essays, research papers, or even answering exam questions is a struggle for many students out there. The ability to piece information together in a logical manner does not come easy for many. And it tends to be the limiting factor for progression in career or passing that really important exam. Hello, Wen Yang here. Welcome back to another episode of The Doc Whisperers. On this episode, we have our guest, Miss Steffi. She's an English, lecture, English language lecturer with special interest in research. So we'll be tackling one of her research papers that she did with her colleagues. It is titled, Thematic Progression of Students' Examination Texts. I know, I know, it sounds like a whole lot of mumbo, confusing, boring words ringing together. But trust me, it's actually really, really cool and applicable for all of us. Let me just do a quick summary and basic introduction to the topic and then we'll let Miss Steffi just take over. The study she did aimed to find out what made certain students score higher compared to the others by analysing the pattern of their exam scripts using something called thematic progression. I'll explain what that is a little more later on. So the team, they took exam scripts from the highest and lowest scores from biomed students from Newcastle UK and Newcastle Malaysia. They coded the scripts in accordance to thematic progression. So what the heck is this thematic progression all about? You can think of it as something like a framework on how we can arrange our essays so that the main point isn't lost and information flows smoothly from one to another. This framework is all about generating themes within your essay that focuses on what needs to be explained. So let's just, for example, um, if the question asks about complications secondary to type 2 diabetes. So the main theme is complications of type 2 diabetes. But we can further subdivide it into hyperthemes like microvascular and macrovascular complications. If we present our information in such a logical manner, it's so much easier for the lecturer to digest and understand what you're trying to do. And you just don't lose your way when you're writing your essay. Okay, okay, enough of my voice. Let's head on over to Miss Steffi. So do you mind going through how did the idea of writing this paper come about? Yes, um, first of all, the idea came when um, I spoke to Dr. Madiha the other day. Uh, we mentioned about some top students that we predicted who will get first class honors but did not. Mm-hmm. So we were curious as to why they are not getting the results that they deserve. And one of the reasons uh, would be that they are greatly affected by their essay assessments. They write very well, um, usually, but during timed essays, um, somehow they are not getting what they deserve. They deserve. So I was curious. So based on that curiosity, I requested for Madiha to um, unearth a few mm. uh, exam scripts for us to look at. And I noticed uh, some patterns in it. Right. So that's how I started the project. I see. So you started this project. Can you give us a brief summary on 
the paper itself. Sure. Uh, this paper is, uh, we have three authors all together. Um, it will be me, um, Dr. Madiha, and Dr. Tan Kok Kyung. And actually, this paper, we focus on giving our students a solution or a tool or a framework to work on so that whenever they write essays, they won't feel like they are being thrown into a deep end. Some of our students, they struggle a lot in planning. They spend 60% of the entire time essay time to plan, but in the end, they will still write out of topic or write unnecessary information. So um, we hope that this framework that we come up with will give our students uh, the skill to visualize what they're going to write in the essay even before they start writing. Right. Mm. So you examine the scripts from really good exams mm -hmm. and really bad exams. How did you go through like what made it good and what made it bad? Sure. So uh, first of all, uh, in the examination scripts um, that pile, we will extract the highest score and the lowest score and we make comparisons based on these two sets. And these two sets, we extracted it from Newcastle University, UK itself, and also in our home grounds, Newmed. And the, you were saying about differences, right? Yeah. Right. There are a few stark differences. First of all, the most obvious uh, analysis that um, the most obvious findings is the lowest marks, they generally have lack of content and right. lack of substantiation. They do not have enough points to back up their information that they, do, they want to deliver. That's the most obvious one. The highest scores is um, they are able to write their points and information. It's not as if they have regurgitated out of the textbooks. They only write what the questions require them to do. They answer what the question wants, mm -hmm. even though their essays could, uh, would not be the longest in the entire pile. Okay. Um, how can we actually write better than by knowing about thematic progressions? I think it all takes um, practice. Um, actually, before we write well, I can say that we must learn how to read properly first. If we read properly and we understand the subject matter, the more we read, the more medical journals we read, the better we will write and deliver the message that we want to deliver. The other day, um, my colleague Kok Kyung was just referring to the art of writing. So, some writing classes, they would take the joy out of writing by introducing the mechanics of writing. They treat um, language like admats. Step 1, step 1a, step 1b, 1a plus 1b equals to your thesis statement. Um, of course, admats is also very beautiful by itself, but Kokyang was just saying, writing is a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's how you express yourself. So why make it so mechanical? Why make it so technical? When students come to see me, they always, their top request would be, Miss Steffi, can you check my grammar? As in my tenses, is it all correct? It's, is, are, uh, was, and were, is it all correct? Can you check all the S's, as in the, the, the plurals? Can you check um, all my verb to be's and but writing is much more than that. It's about the flow of information. It's how you carry out your message, how you deliver your message, how you think of your readers when they read. So when you write, you have your readers in mind first. If you do not have your readers in mind, then you'll be writing for yourself. 
and yeah. your message won't be delivered. That makes a lot of sense. Mm. I mean, because we come from a Malaysian education system, mm. we grew up with learning very by the books way of writing. Our examinations are all focused on if you can get the grammar right, you can get the tenses right. Not exactly on how you present your information or how beautifully you can write. Mm. I think that's extremely lacking in our education system mm. for every every subject, not just writing. But having said that, John, the other uh, just two days ago actually, also back to Kokyong, I just wish that. <laughs> That he was here, but um, he forwarded me a TED talk. Um, I I forgot uh, who gave the TED talk, but it was in Penang, I think. She she spoke about English. It's like playing a video game. It's just like a tool to get what you want. So there are some points in her TED talk that I do agree. Um, you keep English. You 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 make English fun. You use English in uh, joyfully. But she, um, the speaker, focused on um, just the end result of using English as a tool, and not the accuracy. So, like what you said, our education system made us very conscious about our grammatical construction and the accuracy of 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 the whole language. But I do say that there's a place for accuracy as well, because without accuracy. Our message might get diluted or misunderstood, so I think it's it's a bit of a balance mm. of both accuracy and the joy of using the language. Yeah, I mean maybe it should be taught earlier on, and maybe when we're like older age, then we can learn more of the specifics on flow. That's right. Yeah, mm. but what can we do outside of uni mm. to improve our writing abilities? I think um, first of all. As MBBS students or even BMS students, if you want to be subject experts, we they they have a term for it. It's called the Wikipedia syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, you skim through information through Wikipedia and you extract what you want, and that's it. So I would recommend for students to practice deep reading. Um, Cal Newport, he is a very prolific um, writer on deep thinking, focus. So I would recommend students to really understand a subject matter that they are interested in. Um, so it could be anything. It could be anything yeah. first. And do some deep reading, some deep thinking, some critical thinking, and then practice writing on the things that you are interested in first. And after that, you transfer the skill set into your course projects. Mm. So what should they be focusing on as they are writing that top topic? I think for the first step is not to focus on the technicalities first, but to concentrate on what message are you trying to express. Mm. Okay. Moving on, the paper you did was based on biomedical students, mm. but most of us or the listeners are actually medical students. Mm. So is it still applicable for us, the outcomes of your study? That's a very good question actually. Um, I actually forwarded this question to Kokyong as well. So, as medical students, I understand that you no longer need to write essays. And you have uh, short answers now and single best answers. For the juniors. Uh. For the juniors, <laughs> yeah, you have SBAs. I would see the applicability in extracting information from your patients and visualizing the themes in the conversations. So sometimes in your um, history taking, uh, in your conversations with your patients, some of the conversations could be incoherent, it could be all over the place with multiple themes. So by knowing, by being trained in this framework, you could actually see 
the entire converse, conversation in dots in is a visual point form. Point form. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a picture. It's somewhat like a mind map, but it's even shorter than a mind map. It's in dots. In so, if you are interested, I could show you the exact graphical representation of the framework, so you can actually vi visualize your patient's sentences in dots. Mm. So, if you want to go back to, let's say, this patient has multiple conditions, and he's pulling out multiple themes and all in your head, you would already arrange all the themes in connected links in, in different dots. And you could always go back to the dots and ask the patient to go deeper into that theme. And in that way, you can extract more information you can understand further. Mm, that's very mm. interesting to mm. kind of take this idea from writing to transfer it to something like history taking. That's right. That's quite unique. Mm. But I think even as medical students, next time, I mean, research is getting more and more important in our curriculum mm -hmm. and to progress in our career we eventually still need to write research papers. Mm. And most of the research papers that I read nowadays are very confusing. Um, it's hard to find themes and what the main idea, main point is. Mm. Do you think we can apply thematic progression to our future papers? I think you can. The main reason for confusion is that we write too much, we try to dish out too much of information and give too much of cognitive load to our readers. So if we were to know the main themes of a paper, we would be considerate and um, in the position of our readers and to dish out only what the readers can manage at one point of time. If you have a lot of information to, to um, write as a message in a paper, I would suggest to break it down into smaller chunks or make it into different editions or different papers altogether. Hmm. Okay, thanks for that. Now we're going to our highly anticipated new segment called Bust That Myth. Mm. Alright, ding ding ding, song play now. <laughs> Bust That Myth! So firstly, there is a common misconception among students, especially juniors now who have short single best answers, oh, not single best answers, short answer questions, mm -hmm. that if you place as much information as you know into your essay, it will yield better results. Mm -hmm. Is that true? It is false, of course. In our analysis, we, we analyze two highest exam scripts, one from Newcastle University UK and another from Homegrounds Newmed. Both of their lengths are different. From Newcastle, UK, they, she, this, this student wrote about three pages long, and New Median, uh, this student wrote about double, but they still yield uh, uh, the same marks. So we would wonder why the six pages long student, why she didn't get much higher. The thing about exams is we have um, a schema to, uh, to, to mark. For yeah. right, so if you do go out of the the scheme, uh, the schema, right, um, it will not be taken into account. Zero marks, basically. It is zero yeah. marks, so it's irrelevant and it's unnecessary. And not only that, it will take up much of the your writing time. It's it will just be a waste of time. And also, it shows that you do not understand what the question wants. That's true. Mm. Just trying to overload. <laughs> That's right. Um. Next one. This is mainly, I guess, formulations in UMED. Mm -hmm. 
Poor grammatical construction is the main cause of low scores in written assessment. I think a lot of people here are very worried that because my English isn't so good, it will affect how they mark my questions, even though I have the knowledge but I can't present it properly. Is that true? I would not say that it's false entirely because grammar is what makes the foundation of the language. But having said that, making it the main focus of low scores, I think it would be unfair to blame grammatical construction. If you do get your message across, if you do get the information across and the markers know that you have done your homework in delivering the information that the question wants, then the mark will be awarded because depending on what exams you are taking, if you are taking a grammar exam, then it's fully taken accounted for. But if you are taking a BMS uh, paper, then it will not affect much. Hmm, okay, cool. And any questions from the audience? Can you come here? <laughs> so yeah, we have a question <laughs> from the audience. Right, so um, relating to the busted myth part, a lot of people here have English as their second language. Mm. So in terms of writing, do you think that having English as your second language impacts the flow of um, information, the storyline, for example? Because as far as I know, um, Chinese, the, the sentence structure is very different. So the way people think is also different. Mm. Do you think it affects that? That is a very good question because it is what Kokyo and I have been discussing for the past week. In comparing both our our New Median paper and Newcastle UK paper, our analysis showed that there is not much difference in the grammatical accuracy or the style of writing, although the delivery is different. But in scientific genre, information in fix is fixed in such a way that no matter how you write it, the information will come out across as credible if it's, if it's the one that you are reading, if it's the content that you are, you are after. So as in style of writing, yes, there is a difference in second language user and native user, but I see that both methods of delivery, it will work in the context of assessment. All right. Mm. Another question is, you were talking about uh, people need to deep read more and mm. deep think more. How <laughs> do you suggest to help uh, students formulate critical thinking methods? for somebody who's basically a zero, a first-timer first in critical mm. thinking. How do you formulate these skills? Mm. In criti critical thinking, this skill can be built by, of course, reading more and also questioning yourself what you are reading and also to find out, is there another perspective to this? I think questioning and doing self-reflection after the reading matters a lot. Taking time to really understand what is in between the lines and what it is not written, but it's expected of you to understand. Would, oh. you, <laughs> <laughs> would you say that um, particularly to get better at critical thinking, you need to read more specifically on that one topic mm -hmm. or do you think that reading more on other topics, other fields would help you think better when you come back to that topic? Hmm. Right now in this internet age, I think our information load is bursting. So if you want to read about a subject like for example, does vaccination cause autism? There are plenty of perspectives to it. So I think in 
there must be a limit in the amount of information that you absorb. So you have to judge for yourself to, to see whether that information is credible or not. And then always take the left wing to whatever the general population is talking about. So not to accept it, but to consider the left side of every argument. Mm. So if we keep our minds open to even consider, you don't have to agree, you can agree to disagree, but to question the validity of the other side, then I think it will open our minds up a bit. To keep ourselves open to surprising. To That's surprise, right. right. And, and also to not think that the majority is correct all the time, yeah. even though it's evidence-based. <laughs> but in I think in science as well, not everything can be proven by statistics. Yeah, now, and that's, things change all the time. And things change, and which is why we have the new generation, bright generation like you, to bust plenty of myths <laughs> yeah. in the upcoming <laughs> years. <laughs> yes. Mm. Okay, next question. Um, because we have talked a lot about the framework, and I'm, I'm not sure what is the framework yet, mm. but I'm, I'm wondering how generalizable, because most people, they are, they are different learners. Some listens better, they learn by listening, some mm. listening by visualizing. So how generalizable this method can be for the people? That's right. Thanks, Tyler. I think this framework can be used from uh, primary level onwards all the way to tertiary for different styles of uh, learners. I can say that it's one of the methods they can consider because we are all very individualistic in the way we write. So if at the moment you think that your current way of planning or writing essays um, is not working very well, you can try to see if this template or is uh, this framework is simple enough to use. But other than that, there are plenty of other strategies as well. This is just one of the ways. Okay, so that ends our questioning portion. Yeah. So it brings us to the conclusion. Um, give one final piece of advice for the students who are listening right now in regards how they can improve their ability to respond to exam questions or essay writing. Sure. I think the first step is to understand what the question wants. So if you can, you can first draw out the structure of the question, the main theme of the question or themes, multiple themes, themes if the question wants. And from then on, you expand from what the question wants. And in that way, you can avoid writing unnecessary information in it that could affect your entire um, brevity of your writing. So if your the brevity of your writing is affected, your markers will be misdirected as well. And it will be very hard to get back to the theme of what the question wants. And another thing most importantly is to first take interest in what you are reading or take interest in what your... the, the subject of the exam it's all about without interest it will just be another checkbox to take so at least give the subject a chance for you to take interest in no that's very easy to say because yeah. i'm not part of um, the the scientific genre <laughs> but maybe if you just 
learn for the sake of learning, then you begin to have a slight joy in whatever that you are learning. So find joy lah, basically. It sounds like Mary Kondo. <laughs> <laughs> spark joy. Yeah. yeah. This paper does not spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> this is more of a personal interest kind of question. Mm. Do you have any um, reading recommendations? Yes. Currently, I have just finished this book by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. So, the main argument of the book is building habits will surpass all your willpower, the power of your willpower. So let's say, for example, you want to write better. You could either will yourself to finish all the writing training books in a library within a day, or you build habits every day to find out how you can improve on writing every single day, for example, 10 minutes. Or speak to relevant support team to help you um, build the habit of writing. And actually, I have spoken to a few MBBS students. Apparently, they write as a hobby. Wow. So we, we yeah, don't have to be surprised that we have uh, writers in our midst. And, and also, recently, I started a new book. Uh, it's by Adam Kay. He was a previous junior doctor in NHS. The book's title is called It Is Going to Hurt. Oh, yeah. Yes. I think he writes really very well. He's very, very honest. And his writing is very succinct. He doesn't write things that are not relevant to his message. Typical doctor. You <laughs> yes. don't waste time, you know. When you write notes in the hospital, right. you don't write unnecessary detail. That's you don't true. tell your consultant unnecessary stuff. That's true. You know, that's his upbringing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe in in a medical doctor's head, it could be much more than what he says. So mm. his thoughts and... Um, the way he processed the daily happenings of a hospital, it's so clear and so vivid. You have to read that book. The the vividity of the details, I think we can all learn from this writer, Adam Kay. It is going to hurt. All right. The title. Mm. Cool. You guys heard that, okay? I'll go and read um, and find joy. <laughs> so that's Mary the condo, spark joy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Time to clear out your closets. <laughs> So that's the end of our episode. Right. Thank you very much sure, for sure. spending time with us today. And Thanks I for hope, having me. I hope the audience has learned something today. Sure. Cool. In summary, read deeply into many topics, find joy in what you're writing about, and focus on the themes of your essay whilst you are writing it. Don't let bad writing be the reason why you don't get that job or fail that exam. Don't forget, you can apply this knowledge to your history taking as well. Group the patient's answers into themes and you won't get lost. You can find more resources on this topic on our Twitter page at doc underscore whisperers. You can also ask any questions you want there. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and your family. See you guys next time. Bye bye.